what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours. Welcome to the True Performance Show by Ziegler. Every positive pursuit in life, every progression of personal development, change is fueled by one thing, inspiration. It's the drive and the hunger that propels every good endeavor. Without it, we merely have a dream, but never actually move. With it, we can actually overcome insurmountable odds to achieve our desires, convictions, and calling. In this show, we come together to drill down into what really makes success tick and how we can apply it to our unique personal and work lives. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and right now we're going to inspire your true performance. Hi, everyone. This is Kevin Miller, and this is Ziggler's True Performance Show, episode 422. Today, we're doing a Q&A show with Tom Ziggler and myself. A couple of weeks ago, Tom did a live video on Facebook and invited people to a hope and encouragement live Q&A. And there were hundreds of questions and comments, far too many for him to address in 30 minutes. So we're taking a handful of those questions to discuss here on the show today. And I've also selected a few that were emailed to me from you show listeners. And these are real issues from real people striving to pursue and inspire their true performance. A sponsor of today's show is Audible with an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more. Most importantly, loads of Ziggler books and audios. Get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial right now at audible.com slash Ziggler. Tom Ziegler is going to join me in just a moment to dive into the Q and A's, but I have to say we just recorded it in the very last questions and, and Tom's answer, you just have to hear a lady asked what was the best counsel he got from his dad from Zig as a child and an adult Tom, Tom cited three specific pieces of counsel as a kid that he received and one as an adult that are possibly a culmination of four of Zig's most profound pieces of wisdom. So I would ask, please, even if you have to skip to the end, don't miss the very end, the very last question in this show. Uh, And actually, I want to give you some of Zig's wisdom right now for free. I mean, he is one of the most quoted leaders of all time. It's why there are over 4 million fans on Facebook and 275 thousand followers on Instagram, life altering, paradigm shifting, and stop you in your tracks. Inspiration from Zig. The cream of the crop quotes are all contained in the little book of big quotes by Zig. All you need to do is send a quick text to this number nine, four, two, five, three text, the word true performance, just all together. True performance to this number nine, four, two, five, three. 
Okay. Hey, the first question we hit in this, uh, in just a moment asks, how do you take those great inspiring quotes and actually live them out? Hearing is one thing, uh, doing is another boom. that's what the guy uh, poses a question. That's a big one. So before, uh, but right before we answer that first question, a new and really cool sponsor of today's show is Smile Direct Club, who I'm using personally to straighten out my teeth. They're the first digital brand for your smile, leveraging technology to help you avoid office visits and cut costs by up to 70%. Smile Direct Club uses 3D printing and thermoforming to custom make invisible aligners that straighten and brighten your smile. You can save 50% off the cost of the Smile Direct Club evaluation by visiting smiledirectclub.com slash Ziggler. And uh, in a little bit, I'll tell you about my personal experience in the show. Okay, here then I bring you Tom Ziggler. He and I are going to cover some important questions from show listeners and Facebook fans. Tom Ziggler, my friend, what is happening at Sunny Ziggler headquarters? Kevin, we've got a lot going on. We have our Ziegler Legacy Certification class. Our September class is coming in on Monday of this uh, coming week. So that this will be the 11th group that we brought through. We're now going to be in 15 countries. So I'm fired Excellent. up. And uh, these are fantastic people from all over the world. They have a heart to take the Ziegler Wisdom, Philosophy, Core Training – to become certified to go teach that back in their own. Uh, some are business owners. They're taking it into their business. Some are speakers and trainers already, and they want to grow that piece of what they're doing. Some are just giving back to their community. They want to uh, be certified so they can go and help others, and others are kind of on a personal development mastery quest. So bottom line is if you become a better person all around, then everything you do in life benefits. So they come through for that. I so like that's it. going. That's that's coming up next week. Um, we are doing a lot of webinars right now on overcoming obstacles, uh, becoming unstuck. Uh, we've done a huge Q and A movement. Today's podcast is about Q and A. Yep. So many people are facing in challenges in all areas of life, and it's just great to answer questions and, and give specific responses to people. Uh, our Significance newsletter continues to grow. So for our podcast listeners, if you haven't come to Ziggler.com and gotten our newsletter, it's free. You would enjoy that, and we have some other gifts there for you. And then a new thing for me that I've really – I've done it unofficially for a long time, but this year – Officially, then I'm doing executive coaching now. So I'm working with uh, a few people who are taking their business to the next level, and and uh, we have a really neat process. And these guys, I'll give a shout out to them, uh, John Rouse and and Alan uh, Call are just doing uh, marvelous things in their in their business, and they have two unique businesses, you know, different from each other. But, you know, the process that helps us grow and develop and learn, uh, it doesn't matter what you do in life. If you follow the steps and you start changing your mindset and you, and you start implementing what you learn strategically, you get results. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that. 
Well, I am uh, privileged to be here. If, you know, mention that newsletter, folks, at Ziggler.com. It's daily personal writings from Tom, and they are – I mean, I know Tom well. I, I've been involved with Ziggler a long time, and I love reading them because it's just uh, – uh, it's real-life stuff, real experiences. I, I love uh, just how you – it feels like you're writing to me. So I uh, really encourage folks to join in there. And, yeah, the Q&A like we're doing today – is great. These are real questions from real people. And I think for everyone that asks a question, there's uh, hundreds of thousands, if not more, out there who have the same question. I'm going to start off with a great one. This is from Facebook from the Q&A you did a few days ago, or, or a couple of weeks ago, I think, Tom. Uh, and it's from Robert Norridge. Uh, he says, how do I learn to live from the context on the quotes? It's one thing reading and another implementing my first thought was, man, step one is just being aware of that. That's, <laughs> that's great. But that's a big question. I mean, you know Facebook, uh, Ziegler Facebook page, 4 million plus people, and so many of them love those quotes, and they take them, and they, hundreds of thousands of people, if not sometimes millions, share those things with others. They love the inspiration, but it's one thing to hear it and be inspired. It's another thing to step away from the quote and do as it says. Yeah, you know, we just we just did a lot of this on one of the webcasts that we did, and the title of that webcast was "Change Yourself, Change Your Life." Uh, actually, it was a webinar. I use the word webinar and webcast interchangeably, but uh, you know, we had, gosh, Kevin, we had twenty eight hundred people register for that. Wow! And you know, we covered these questions, but the reality is, is that we all face circumstances. I mean, it's just something that we have in common. There's things that go on in life. And if we get caught up in the circumstances and we start letting the circumstances control what we do, what we think, uh, in essence, we're covered up by circumstances. I mean, one of the principles of successful people is when you look at them from a distance, what you discover is they're actually, the reason they're higher than than the rest of the people is they're just standing Mm-hmm. on a pile of circumstances. And so how do you take these quotes, these little inspirational nuggets, and apply it? You know, that quote, you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Well, that's easy for us to say, but when life has happened to you in spades, you know, when your relationships are in trouble or or maybe the job that you had didn't pan out or, you know, whatever, because we work with people all over the world from – uh, you know, on all the continents, and they have political situations that go on. I mean, there, life happens. There's a lot of things that go on. But this is the reality. <clears throat> if we're going to overcome this lack of implementation, we have to change ourselves first. We have to take responsibility for that. And so step one is always change your input because our thinking is determined by what we believe. And what we believe is really the sum total of everything that's come into our life. All the thoughts, I mean, all the things that people have told us, what we've read, what we've been told about ourselves. And so what happens is, is that we get into this rut, into this belief structure that, you know what, it doesn't do any good anyway. In fact, I was listening to, we had Brian Buffini on our own podcast I love his podcast, by the way. I was listening uh, to him, and, and he was talking about this, and he, he was talking about mastery. And he said, mastery is when you fall in love with the process, 
you fall in love with the journey and you don't focus on the results. In other words, the validation or the significance of what you're doing is found in the steps that you're taking far more than the results that you're getting. Of course, if you keep doing the same things, you don't get results. You got to examine the process. Yeah. But what is what does this really mean? It means that far too many he used the word dabblers. Mm-hmm. Far too many people are dabblers, and so what it is is they'll try something because it seems intriguing, it seems exciting. Other people are doing it and having success, and then as soon as the work begins, or as soon as they get pushback, or as soon as it's not easy. They give up and they say, well, that's hard. I'm moving on. And so if you repeat this pattern over and over again, the inside voice that you have says, I don't have what it takes. And if that's the self-talk, I don't have what it takes, then why bother implementing? Because I don't have what it takes. Why bother following through? And so I would encourage people to not only take the first step, which is to put the right input in, listen to the good, the clean, the pure, the powerful, and the positive. But then when you go out and implement, you take joy in the implementation for implementation's sake. And you don't worry about the result. And then, as Brian was talking about in his his episode on his podcast, then when you spend time in the plateau, you're still growing. Because the the reality of life is there's not that. I mean, other than Kevin Miller, who lives on a mountaintop, most of us, right? Most of us don't live in mountaintop experiences. We live in plateaus, and so that's why if you base what you do on instantaneous feedback and results, uh, you get discouraged pretty quick because a lot of things take years and years to develop, or months and months, or weeks and weeks, but. If we take joy in the actual doing of whatever that process is, then we stick with it. Then we enjoy the plateau, and then the fruit comes. So you put the right information in, and then you start implementing, and you don't anticipate, you don't uh, justify the implementation based on immediate result. You justify the implementation because it's helping you become the right kind of person, and over time, the results will come. Oh, man, love it. Great uh, content that I'm – mulling over right now to it is i mean to to robert's question too i am amazed we did a show recently talking about uh actually no it was one of the facebook lives talking about how amazing it is the knowledge we can have and yet not walk it out and yeah robert you know i look at the ziggler quotes every day on instagram that has i think it's getting close to 275,000 uh, followers or more and i look at them on facebook and man i get inspired and the ones that are confirming you know something that you're doing that's awesome and you can share those and and revel in that but then sometimes there's the ones and that's what i look at is it confirming or convicting sometimes i'll see one and go oh man that's that's convicting and I'll get excited about it, though. Yeah, that resonates. And you can, again, share it with your friends and whatever. And then turn around. Uh, I'll speak for myself. I can turn around and go about my day as normal. And it made no impact on my life. I really have to take things captive and question. It's kind of like a red flag went up. Man, that hit me. Why was that convicting? What am I going to do about it? Why did it impact me? What am I going to do about it? And I'll literally write stuff on my hands, take a Sharpie marker for that day or put it on my calendar so it'll pop up that night and remind me of a way that I want to be with my family. Or uh, here, Tom, every morning at, uh, I don't know, it's like 6 o'clock or something, every day on my calendar, I have a note that pops up. Guess where this came from? Two chairs. (laughs) 
That's it. Two Chairs. And if you don't know what that is, folks, go listen to the show we did with Bob Bodine and his book, Two Chairs. And that pops up because otherwise I'll blast through my morning and I won't do it. But, uh, you know, figuring out how to break it down and live out that quote, Robert, and, and what would it require? I mean, to look at one that convicts you and say, what would that require? What literal change or action or step in my life can I take? What do I need to take if it's going to matter at all? And I got to hand it to Robert too. He put another question or a comment and he said, it was your video, Tom. He said, this sure is an investment in time instead of sitting and watching the Kardashians. So <laughs> you got a big vote there, buddy. <laughs> uh, and now this one, okay, this, this was just interesting to me. And I don't know if you saw this or not, but I thought this was great. Uh, Cyril Devera says, my, I named my son Ziggler. He's now nine years old. What is the meaning of the name? And then a little bit later, somebody answered Karen Lynn. She said, Ziggler means brick builder. Is that true? You know, I did see that. And uh, I have to tell you that I don't know what the name Ziggler means, but I love the idea of brick builder. Yeah. Because what a great metaphor for our life that we're going to do one brick at a time. You know, we're going to, and dad and his, uh, in his stairway to the top, if you look at the original See at the Top book, and there's the stairway to the top, and then there's the foundation stones at the bottom of, of faith, love, loyalty. Uh, you know, those foundation stones, they're like bricks in our family. You know, they're, they're what we built our family legacy on. Uh, I really like that. And, and I mean, bricks and, and, and Ziegler, you know, that, that's kind of cool. I do know I looked it up. Uh, it's a German route, and there's actually a river in Germany. It's the Ziegler River. Uh, we've changed the name of our of the spelling of our name. It's, it wasn't originally the way we spell it, so we're kind of unique in that. Um, but it, it you know it, it's a powerful thing, and what an honor for somebody to name their mm-hmm. child Ziegler. I mean, how cool is that? I've had people call and say they named their dog Ziggy or their parrot Ziggy, but this is the first. Uh, the first child. So, you know, how cool is that? One thing I wanted to say is uh, I started almost two weeks ago on a push-up quest and I'm doing it. I'm doing five sets a day and I started off with 10 push-ups per set. And then this concept of mastery, I, I started listening and reading about that about a week ago and it's changed my whole world of push-ups. And it's it's kind of a weird thing, but let me see if you can follow with this because right. it kind of it, it thinks it's it's the brick idea or it's the you know focusing on the process. So this week I'm doing ten sets of fifteen. I'm sorry, five sets of fifteen each. Next week I'm going to go to five sets of twenty, and I do it throughout the day. I'm not doing it back to back, and it's part of my man. I can sit in my chair for days and not move. It's just mm-hmm. the way my so I'm, this is my way to get up and go move. Now when I do the push-up, I'm actually trying to find joy in each push-up. I'm actually feeling my core kind of tighten up. I'm working on my form. And I'm thinking, you know what, if I can just do this push-up better than the last one and the next one better than the last one, that's taking joy in the process. That's This is a new journey for me. So uh, hold me accountable and ask me how it's going uh, All right. a couple of months from now because my goal is to build up. I never want to be the push-up king, you know, like I'm like uh, Herschel Walker does gazillions of them, and you know, and all these people. Mm-hmm. 
but I, I do want to see if I can start finding joy in the actual tiny steps of the process because that is a huge part of who you become. And one of the one of the shows I was listening to is that we all overestimate what we can do in a day and we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. Mm. And I think I learned that from an entree leadership. This is like a promo for other podcasts. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing here. Well, I'll invoice them. Yeah, do that. Uh, that was an entree leadership podcast, and I can't remember the author, but it's also a recent one. I think it was on essentialism, mm. uh, which is a pretty cool subject. But the idea is that we get all, you know, we get excited, we get fired up about a goal, and, and we try to do everything in a day. But, you know, legacies are built over years. And so the idea is, is how many little things, how many little essential things can we do just a little bit better than the day before? Yeah. And so you take that push-up metaphor and you push it out to all areas of your life. The wheel of life, the, the, the mental, the, the spiritual, the physical, the family, the financial, the career, and the personal – what if there was just one little thing in the process in each one of those that we could just do just a tiny bit better each day? Mm-hmm. Then we got Then in 10 years where we want to be, it happens. Man, I love that joy in the process and not to make it just a workout focus, but running is one of my primary joys. I mean, just to hit a mountain trail and my kids in their beginning running just couldn't understand that. Oh my gosh, dad, how do you like that? And then as they continued on running cross country, uh, I've got, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, six of the kids, I think. No, all seven of them now who, who have run at some time or are currently running cross country. And they all reached. Well, that's not true. The, lo- the little ones haven't yet. It's still a chore. But they've reached that point. The older ones have gone, oh, my goodness, you know, that one run uh, the first time. And it was I enjoyed it, Daddy. Uh, and that's such a. Such a good word, Tom. It really is. Well, hey, Eric says, uh, Eric Turin, and this was uh, uh, emailed in to us at the podcast. He says, how does one motivate the seemingly unmotivated? Mentoring someone who's eager to learn and improve is one thing, but trying to get someone moving is another. Are there ways to help spark that flame? How would you approach it with a friend or family member versus an employee? And uh, there was a, also a Facebook post right in line with that where Isaiah Ramos said, how do you help someone who doesn't want to be helped? And, Tom, I thought it's, it's a little bit two different things. I mean, we talk about that in business. Hey, are you marketing to the people who are already awakened to your product, to your service? They already have a need and you want to reach out to them and grab them. Or are you trying to, or are you trying to awaken people who don't know they have a need possibly for what you have to offer. It's a very different, as you know, business model, uh, depending on those answers. And what Eric talks about here is, yeah, somebody who's hungry for, let's say in this aspect with Ziegler, they're hungry for inspiration. They want to be motivated. And then to offer them the Ziegler principles and programs, what a great, what a great fit. Now then he says, but what about somebody who is, they're not moving that direction. They're not awakened to it in essence. Okay, I would put that in the middle. That's somebody who, it doesn't mean they don't want it, but they're just not there. They're not awakened. Can you give them a spark? And he actually says that. Are there ways to help spark that flame? But then what Isaiah says, how to help someone who doesn't 
want to be helped. And Tom, uh, I won't get into the details, but I recently had, I'm used to motivating and inspiring, reaching and, and teaching those who are desiring it. Like here, we have right now, we're going to have tens of thousands of people listen to this show because they want to listen to it. They want to hear this information. They want to be inspired and they are going to resonate like that. That's why our numbers keep growing. Uh, if we just went and put this on a regular radio station and interrupted the uh, pop songs and put this in, I think a lot of people would say, what the heck is this? This isn't what I wanted. Um, and then, uh, but I am used to talking to those people who want it. I had some uh, interactions in the past year with some people who did, oh, I found out later, they didn't want it. It was an employee scenario. And I just assumed, man, I can win them over. And it was not my greatest forte to do that, Tom. And so that's a question that I, I don't have a great answer for those who don't want to be helped. Now, the ones who want, who there's an opportunity to spark, I think there's a different answer there that we can do some things. I know this is right up your alley. What are your thoughts? Well, I do, you know, I do believe that some people don't want help. And I also believe that some people who seem resistance or resistant to uh, the hand up, so to speak, uh, that what they need is for somebody that they can trust because they've been hurt. Mm. And it starts with, I believe, and this is what I teach, I, I call the concept dream alignment. But in order to help somebody, it has to be for their reasons, not yours. And so whenever I'm working mm. with an organization, a company, or an individual who's like, you know, they 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 give you the the sob story of how everything's not the way it should be and life is unfair and and then you say well have you tried this well that doesn't work for me have you tried that no that doesn't work for me well here will you why don't you listen to this or read this over the weekend the weekend happens they've done nothing right you know so they're giving you straight up uh, I'm pitiful this isn't right but they're unwilling to do anything and. What I've learned is that you've got to figure out what it is in life they want. And a lot of times it's like pulling teeth. Some people will not even tell you, you know, you ask some people, hey, what's a goal to you? What goal? And they'll be like, well, what do you mean a goal? Well, what is it that you would like to have? They won't open up with you because they've been hurt. They've been burned. They've been disappointed too many times. They, they you know, there's a lot of reasons behind that. And so you kind of you kind of have to like pick your moments and come back in and say, you know, six months from now, if you could be doing anything, what would what would that be? You know, if money and time wasn't an obstacle, what would you know? What would you do with your life? And so you kind of got to get them into that dream mindset, that goal setting mindset, and then be really prepared to start small. It's okay if they say, you know what, I've never been out of the state. I mean, it, to me, that's an amazing thing because. I take for granted, uh, you know, going and traveling and, tr and transportation. And, you know, tomorrow, if I wanted to go anywhere in the country, I could. But there are a lot of people who haven't left their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And so they might say something as simple as, you know, I'd like to go downtown and just stay in a nice hotel for a night. It'd be like a staycation right here. And, and I'm like, well, what's stopping you? Well, you know, I'm in debt. I, you know, I don't know how to do that. I, Whatever that is. And so you kind of have to take what it is that they would like and then say, okay, so what do you think you got to do to get that? And how can I help? Man, I, so, 
Tom, I, I love that line. I wrote it down, helping people for their reasons, not yours. I think it's something I've definitely been guilty of. I'm motivated. I'm inspired by something. I know the health of taking a certain action towards a certain direction. I want people to enjoy that. And I think I've plowed ahead with people sometimes and not paid attention to wait, what's their motivation. And I'll have to say, uh, there was a, I went to Cancun not long ago and took the book switch with me by Dan and chip Heath, who we'll have on the show uh, here, I think maybe at the end of the year, that book switch is one of the most amazing books on just what you said, uh, Tom, on helping people get their heads into the game and be motivated by head and by heart and by their reason. So I'd highly recommend uh, the book switch by Dan and Chip Heath on change. So you can get that book switch right now for free from one of our favorite sponsors supporting this very show, Audible. They're the planet's leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Why do we love them so? Well, hey, they carry a truckload of Ziegler books and audios, as well as the books from all of our stellar interviewees here on the show. You can get a free audiobook right now with a 30-day trial at audible.com slash Ziggler. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Ziggler. I use Audible every morning to listen to the new King James Version voice-only audio Bible while I work out, and I'm currently reading Spirit of the Disciplines by Dallas Willard, a book I dramatically recommend to any Christian who not only wants to believe in Christ, but live as Christ did and have your faith actually radically alter your life. The Audible Library, it's more extensive than you can believe. You can download and access anything on your iPhone, Android device, Fire tablet, iPod, or other MP3 player. What Ziegler book have you not read or need to read again? See you at the top, Born to Win, Secrets of Closing the Sale, uh, the book business icon Seth Godin cites as a must read for anyone is just that one, Secrets of Closing the Sale. You can get it there. Go do yourself a favor. Get the next book you need to inspire your true performance free with a 30-day trial at www.audible.com slash Ziggler. Um, well, hey, here's another question, and it's actually from Scott Little, who I had the pleasure of meeting because he came to Woodland Park a couple months ago, and he bought he brought me some black currant wine that my family thought was the best ever, and I literally, no joke, got a box today from him with some black currant wine. So thank you, Scott. And he said, this question is for Kevin and Terry, although I'm confident Tom could also offer an abundance of wisdom, which you'll have to do since Terry is not with us today, Tom. Uh, he said, he said, my wife and I are in agreement. We want to relocate to a new part of the country. One of us will have full-time employment while the other will be starting a business from scratch. We are now waiting on God's timing. And he has that in quotes. My question is, how does a couple know when God's timing is right? I tend to be more ready, fire, aim, while my wife is a more level-headed, ready, aim, fire sort of gal. Uh, thanks in advance. Well, that's just a brilliant uh, question, especially for marriage, don't you think, Tom? Oh, yeah. Well, that's well, – go ahead. You get to go first, man. <laughs> well, goodness. I mean, that's one that I have done well, Scott. That's one that I have done very poorly uh, in, in being in union with my wife. So I would start there that I, I'm, I honor you for your desire 
and commitment to being in uh, in harmony with your wife first off because I have done uh, some of that going back to what we talked about just a minute ago uh, helping people for their their reasons not yours I did some leading of my family for my reasons and sometimes not then so uh, in marriage I say the number one thing is make your unity together number one is it looks like you're doing but next on the issue of God's timing there is a dramatic ball of wax that we could spend. We could probably do a whole series on that, Tom. Uh, we could probably write a book yeah. on, on God's timing and uh, the theologies and doctrines and experiences with that. So I'll just give one, uh, one piece of probably a hundred pieces that are relevant to the issue of waiting on God's timing and when to know. Um, because there's a lot of, of, of in-depth things, uh, of course, that people are going to spit out, which is, is prayer and, and seeking counsel. One that I love, though, is I like to actively wait. I am admittedly not a real patient guy. I like action, but uh, I'll actively wait by knocking. That's literally my term, knocking. I'm a big knocker, uh, and I'll knock. So if we've got something that we both are looking at, a calling, a big decision— I will just knock on options looking for an open door. Now, I violated that when I found a door that I thought made sense. It made sense to me, and I knocked it down, and then I had repercussions after that. Not that God left me because I made a less-than-best decision. He's still there, but there are still natural consequences, and I made it harder for myself. So now, I, in my, I hope, maturity, uh, I have gotten to where I knock, and if it doesn't open— and, you know, even if I push a little bit, it doesn't, I try to honor that and go to the next thing and go to the next thing. And it may be that during that time, God shows me, you know what, now is not the time. This may be a long term. You need to set this aside right now or a door opens. And I'll tell you, if I had to look at the stats of my own life, that often a door finally opened and it was often not the door that I would have chosen. It's not the door that I would have seen. God was true to the calling to the vision, but it was often in a different way uh, than what I chose. And that's been a big learning curve for me. So when people literally come to me with that, that tends to be the counsel that I'll fall on is not give, op- give God the opportunity to show up and to steer you, but be, be, do some active waiting. Tom? Yep, I love it. Uh, the first thing in a, in a spouse relationship like that and the way you describe the question is absolutely 100% be on the same page. So you've got to both be all in You know, when you make that move. That is the most important thing because uh, you got to have each other's back. I mean, you, it, it's, it's not going to go the way you planned it or thought it was. Uh, and really, the success or failure of it has a lot to do with how you handle it and how you support each other. Uh, the greatest stories are all are the people who take that leap of faith. They get it going, and then they struggle, 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 and then and then boom, it starts to turn as they figure it out. Uh, that's part of the process of life. That's part of the process of mastery. I'm also a big believer that you know we don't take uh, unwise leaps of faith when it's all possible. So you talk about two incomes that you have going on now, and one of those incomes is going to be sacrificed uh, as you build the new opportunity. So what does that mean? Could you start building the new opportunity now while you still have an income? Can you create uh, a base to operate from, a client base, a platform, whatever that is? And what can you do with your overhead and your risk? What can you do to to, uh, limit that? How many uh, what kind of a reserve can you put in place to make this happen? And if you so, that's what I call actively 
you know, active waiting or actively knocking on the door is you're not just sitting back saying, God, you know, open this door and when everything's perfect, I'll walk through. You're like knocking on all these different doors. How can I start now? How can I get other people involved? How can I build a reserve? How can I cut my overhead? How can we support each other in this venture? And that's the cool thing is when you start going nuts over that and then you're open to just putting what God does in front of you. You know, whatever God puts in front of you, you do it. it. It's funny how the first doorway you thought you were walking through was just the doorway to the next doorway, which is what God had planned for you. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I love that. And just on that idea right there, Tom, I mean, I, I am, Scott, a huge fan of brainstorming. Talk about enjoying the process. I love the process of brainstorming and looking for different ideas, seeking counsel and letting God speak through his people and using imagination and intuition and coming up with how many different ways could this work. That's my favorite exercise, not to look at, hey, let's bring up an idea and you first come up with, well, why that may not work, why that's risky. Let's spend 30 minutes with only the focus of how could it work. Put all those ideas up there and then there's your there's your avenues of knocking. I've seen amazing things happen uh, from that. One quick thing that I just want to I want to say on marriage that came from something you said, Tom. That I want to say, you know, there were a lot of times. And this is an admission, but I want to uh, want to offer it up for people where I went forward in something like this in my marriage uh, in a big decision. And I was so uh, positive about it. That's a good thing. I was so optimistic. That's a good thing. Uh, but I was pushy and it was my, my actions with my wife were, you're in, right? You agree, right? You see this, don't you? And my expectation and my excitement really somewhat coerced her to, to believe, to have faith in me, even though in truth, she was not comfortable with it. And so now I have to temper that a little bit to really get to the root and allow her to speak the root of how she really feels to even allow us to be together. And, and, and the same goes for her as well. She's done such things as well, where I've kind of acquiesced to her excitement and her belief that I did not really have. And we've got to have a, a, a safe place to be able to discuss those. And that's, that's, that's big marriage talk there. Yep. You know, one, one thing just to add to this is, yeah. and I think people don't do this enough. Uh, if you, if you study what the super successful people do, one of the things that they do very effectively is they do time blocking and they do it usually before the day starts for the rest of the world. So if you're going to make a leap like this, I would encourage you uh, to, since it's kind of a faith-based question to begin with, yeah. is spend some time, and I'm a big believer in the two chairs. I do that every day, and that's talking to God about it and talk 20%, listen, 80%, and then carve out 90 minutes to do nothing but plan and prepare and think and how is this going to roll out? What kind of research can I do? And do that for, you know, not just a few days, but make a practice out of it. What if you did that three or four times a week for two months? What kind of peace would you have? What kind of understanding would you have? I see a lot of people, uh, they'll go hard and heavy into something. They'll do a lot of due diligence over a week or two. And then they'll take that leap or, you know, they've already made up their mind and they're going it. But when you spread that learning and that intentional uh, mind thinking, which is different than just, 
you know, okay, I've got to, I've got to get a name and I've got to go, you know, start this business and I've got to, you know, get a website, you know, that's good. You know, that's, but okay, what's going to go in the website and how long is that going to take and who can I get to help and who's already done this? I mean, you, you want to get to those third level questions that are going to make sure when you make that jump, a lot of times uh, our spouses are excited for the journey, but they don't want to get on the cruise ship with no map and no destination. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of a map and a destination, before we hit the next question, which is a great one on making a big decision as a couple, a map and a destination I'm excited about is Straight Teeth and a new and really cool sponsor of Ziggler's True Performance Show is Smile Direct Club. If you want to get your teeth straight but don't want regular braces and you don't want to pay such a high price to an orthodontist and deal with office visits and you want something nearly invisible, Smile Direct Club has you covered. They are the first digital brand for your smile, leveraging technology to help you avoid office visits and cut costs by up to 70%. Smile Direct Club uses 3D printing and thermoforming to custom make invisible aligners that straighten and brighten your smile. They contacted Tom Ziegler and I and offered to set us up so we could experience them personally. I was really stoked as I had braces when I was in my teens. Uh, they gave me a perfect smile and then my propensity to chew on my retainer and break it in my sleep led to me just not wearing it. And today I have some pretty crooked bottom teeth that just moved back out of alignment. So Smile Direct Club sent me an at-home evaluation kit where I took three pictures, uh, made some molds and sent them all to them. Now I receive my invisible braces every month that change incrementally to straighten my teeth. Uh, they even put in whitener, board certified state licensed dentists and orthodontists uh, within the smile direct club network are involved throughout the process to assess and prescribe remote treatment. Uh, treatment time averages five months, but ranges from three to 10 months. So it, here's the big deal. Save 50% off the cost of the smile direct club evaluation by visiting smiledirectclub.com slash Ziggler. Again, that's smiledirectclub.com slash Ziggler. This is not available in North Carolina. Hey, that man, that speaks to, yeah, again, my past having a plan, which I often did not. I was like, uh, Scott talked about himself, which was, you know, aim fire and then ready. Huh? Um, so man, I, I hear you big, big stuff there. Well, Hey, this is an interesting and loaded question that I'm going to shoot right at you, Tom, uh, Jocelia Jones, and she's talking about Ziggler and the Ziggler message and platform. Is this biblically based or self-help? Hmm. <laughs> well, I'll quote my dad and, and we, uh, I figured there might be one there. Yeah. And we'll just, uh, you know, and, and our goal is to keep it this. It's it's a hundred percent biblically based. Uh, every book that Dad wrote, he had it checked out three ways: theologically, physiologically, and psychologically. In other words, he wanted the best minds and thinkers around it from a from a you know fr from a physiology perspective to make sure that it fits the body, from a theological perspective so that it fits the soul and from a psychological perspective so that, it, you know, our thinking and everything can be right. Um, and, and if any of those were in contradiction, I can guarantee you uh, that the biblical foundation remained true mm -hmm. to that. So, and that's a challenge in our industry because uh, self-help and, 
And, uh, you know, we, we're designed for, you know, to have everything there is out there. And if we just think right, everything's going to be right. And you can stretch all those things beyond the, th- the theological boundaries that God created for us. Uh, you know, one of the famous things that Dad said was that, you know, if he conceived it and believed it and worked really, really hard at it, you know, he could never be an NBA basketball player. It just wouldn't happen. Impossible. And so what that means is, is that we all have our own gifts and talents. But here's the reality. Until we conceive it and believe it, it's not even a possibility. And so what we've got to do is we've got to combine those two things. What, what gifts and talents did God give us? And how do we combine those with the effort and the energy and all the things that we are doing? So that's, that's a big question um, yeah. that people have all the time is they, they just, you know, they want to know, okay, so I'm doing this. How do I know this fits in with God's, you know, God's direction, God's will? And so that's what we try to do is we try to align everything uh, biblically. And then the whole definition of success comes into play, and we're very careful on how we define success. Success is far more than what the world calls calls success. You know, it's not just money and fame and influence and prosperity. We are rich uh, by so many other things. Dad was was well known for saying, I like the things that money will buy, but I love the things that money won't buy. Money will buy a house, but not a home. It'll buy a bed, but not a good night's sleep. It'll buy a companion, but not a friend. And so, those are spiritual uh, things that we need to focus on. And then, then of course, there's a biblical foundation that we lay that on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, great. I love, I love that perspective of that. And it's, I thought that was a great question uh, for Tom Ziegler himself. So uh, Chris Vogt says, thank you, Kevin, for sharing your experiences with being out of balance. That was in a previous show. Uh, being out of balance for a season and also sharing your real life experiences with it. I've been working on a new business and at times have wondered if I'm out of balance, but also know that I need to pump the handle. Um, I guess it was from that, sh- that sh- recent show, uh, priming the pump. I need to prime or pump the handle hard to get it going. Thanks. I, and I love you guys. Now I cite that he didn't actually ask a question. He was you know, responding to a recent show and that concept of priming the pump and how you got to keep at it. And, uh, and then talking about being out of balance and Tom, I, I literally, when I read it, I kind of envisioned myself, uh, priming that pump and, and that vision of somebody out in the, out in the farm field, priming a pump and to giving all your devotion to that. And we see that in business. I see that with some of my peers, uh, especially guys who, who don't have big families as I do. And they are just devoted working 20 hours a day, priming that pump. And that's all they're devoted to. I can't do that. Uh, you can't do that. You've got other things to tend to. Most people listening here have families, have different obligations, uh, and to just devote themselves 100%. But if you look at that and say, look, if we're going to get the water out uh, and we've got to keep that pump going, how much can we devote? You know, and having that t- going back to marriage, I mean, you could do this with your own life as a single person as well to say, where am I going to take time away? Where am I going to get an, an investment to be out of balance for a time? But in a marriage as well to do that and to talk about it, say, look, if we devote this much time, what do we, what are we going to sacrifice? How can we, what's it worth to us? And there have been some things, especially in recent years, Tom, where my wife and I have looked at and go, oh my gosh, that opportunity is huge. That could happen. I think that that's, 
you know, something that we're being called to, how quick do we want it to happen? What are we going to sacrifice? And we've looked at it and decided, you know what? That's something that we believe it's going to, it's best to let that one happen slow. We're going to, our priming is going to be a little slower and, uh, because we're, we're not willing to sacrifice X, Y, Z. Okay. We came together on that, uh, decision for somebody who's again, not in a spousal area to seek counsel on that as well. And kind of take, uh, take an audit of your, take inventory of your life. And what do you want to do? And there have definitely been times, and I know, you know, this Tom, where you've looked and said, when on this one, we got to grab this one. Now stop everything, batten down the hatches. We're going to pump and get this water out as quick as as possible. And that is uh, an individual pursuit for folks and uh, a really good question because I think we all tend to look at that and try to figure out the black and white and, and get anxiety about what's the right answer. Do I give everything up? Do I do the super slow? Where do I go? It kind of comes back to that waiting on the Lord concept in, in, in a sense too. But uh, I don't know. That's what I, I just had that in, that envision, Tom, of, you know, let's, let's, we got to take into account and decide how fast and hard is relevant and healthy to be pumping for whatever opportunity we're going for. Yeah. And the reality is, is that our life, uh, the wheel of life and, and just for our regular listeners, you know, it by heart by now, our Zig fans know it by heart. If you're new, the wheel of life has seven spokes on it. There's the mental, the spiritual, the physical, the family, the financial, the personal and the career and if we look at each one of those spokes, if a 10 is perfect, we want all seven of those spokes to be 10s. That means we've got a big round wheel. Unfortunately, that's just not a reality. I don't know of many people at all who go through an extended period of their life for all seven spokes or a 10. I mean, it's just not the way life happens. And so we cannot be discouraged when our life gets a little out of balance because there are seasons where we got to pump like crazy because one of those spokes is a two or a three, and we got to get it up into that seven, eight, nine category. Yeah. It's also we can make a choice to say, you know what, we're going to go for this opportunity, or we are going to cut back and and you know, you know, reduce our outlay and and kind of go small right now so that we could build this over here. And so there might be some inconvenience. So you might look at your wheel and go, you know, we kind of gave up some areas over there, but it's for the big gain down the road. And the challenge isn't uh, that we pump up really, really hard and sacrifice other areas. The challenge is, is that we don't think it through and we don't do it with intention. As soon as we know that what we're about to embark on is going to have an impact on the other areas, then we can take measures to reinforce those other areas mm -hmm. while we're on this journey. And then you can get the whole team together, the whole family, everybody's on board. Hey, we're doing this for a reason. And then you can take joy in that process again. So don't be discouraged that your life is out of balance. But don't just enter into it haphazardly. Make sure you fully understand the effort that it's going to take to get there. And then, like the pump story says, the, the sweeter the water, the cooler the water, the fresher the water, all that comes from a really deep well. And deep wells take time and a lot of pumping to get it up. So don't be discouraged if it takes a little longer than you think because when it starts to flow, then it's going to taste sweeter than you can have ever imagined. Absolutely. I know that, you know that Tom, you've been to my house. We got the high mountain water 
uh, right out of our well. It's the sweetest stuff ever, but it, uh, it took an investment. You know, I do want to say, uh, add in to what you said about inconvenience, Tom. It was probably a year and a half, two years into my, my personal coaching and leadership in personal development that I realized so many people come into something. They have a vision. They have a desire. They have a goal. They want some big changes, and yet they're trying to make them happen without inconvenience in their lives. And that's just not going to happen. So I began to lead off with, look, if you want something, it is going to inconvenience you somewhere. Something is going to have to be uh, sacrificed or infringed on, or you're going to stretch yourself more. This is not just going to happen easily as, as nothing good does. I mean, it's going to take a big effort, but that word inconvenience, I like a lot that you are, there is going to be that. And I think it's really hard for people because we all, we spend so much effort trying to get things in our, into a rhythm, trying to manage our lives day to day, week to week, and to get it there. And Oh my goodness, it's, we're just surviving. We're making it happen. We're making, uh, you know, ends meet, but we're right on the bubble there. And to add to inconvenience that to jeopardize that, Oh, I don't want to do that. But if something good's going to happen, there's going to have to be a big investment made. Well, hey, I know that you've got to run. We've got some questions left. We're going to do, an, I'm going to do another Q and A, and there are a lot more business based and career based questions. Questions on on sales and how to find a career that fits. So we'll do that in an upcoming show, Tom. I want to wrap up with one last question that's on the personal side for you. Sarah Sunday says, "What was the most important lesson Zig taught you?" as a child or adult? Ah, well, there's a couple. Uh, I would say, well, I'm going to break it into um, growing up in the home and then leaving the house. Mm -hmm. So growing up in the home, there there, uh, was three things that that dad did that really uh, impacted me. Number one, is his love for God was the love for the Lord was just, you know, it, it just, it vibrated through everything that he did. And I saw that. And when I saw that he was humble and he was obedient to something bigger than him, uh, that makes it much easier for a child to understand where they are in life. You know, that, that, not only is their dad, their, you know, at that stage, your dad and your hero and everything else, but he's not perfect. And so he would take that and he would, and I would see how he treated other people and he would come to us and he would make sure that we knew his priorities. And then when he messed up, he would apologize. And so that, that lesson number two is his love for mom was just unquestionable. And so that gave me security. That gave me you know, home was a safe place. It was, you know, we're in this together. You know, we, we, uh, we stick together. We, we don't have to worry. And, and, you know, when I was growing up, I had friends get divorced and I know a lot of people, uh, have, have been through that. And I'm just blessed that I didn't have, you know, that challenge. And then his integrity was beyond approach. You know, everything he did was integrity-based. I watched him make decisions that didn't make any business sense at all, but they were 100% integrity decisions. So that was the kind of my early structure. And then the, what I, the, probably the biggest lesson of my adult life, and, you know, the umbrella was based off of his quote, you are what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. 
and you can change where you are and you can change what you are by changing what goes into your mind. So he basically said over and over again, and everything that he taught was, your output is determined by your input. And then he would say, you know what? If you don't like where you are or who you are, that's okay because you can change what goes into your mind and that'll change who you are and what you are. And that's at the foundational level, that is hope. And so whenever I get discouraged, whenever I look at an insurmountable challenge in my own mind and I think, what are we going to do next? It's like I go out and I, I seek input. I seek things that are going to lift me up and build me. And then I go back, well, where did dad look? Well, he looked to his heavenly father, <laughs> the author of truth. And so that lesson just kind of repeats itself over and over and over again. And it's amazing to me that when you read the statistics of, you know, only about 20% of people who from college age up will ever read another book. Uh, will will you know on purpose go and develop themselves to the next level, and so what I take for granted is the biggest lesson of all is something that seventy eighty percent of the population never even gives a second thought to. Yeah. And so, how do we fix that? How do we change that? How do we move? You know, and and usually it, it happens when people reach a point in their life where their dream gets so big they're willing to you know, make some sacrifices that are willing to uh, intentionally put some of their immediate gratification things aside and develop themselves and learn and grow, or they're in disaster. You know, they're on the psychologist's couch with broken relationships and failed businesses and everything else in between, and the realization says, well, hey, the reason that this is happening is because the way you do things, it doesn't work. Mm which means that your behavior is driven by your thinking and your thinking is driven by your beliefs. we got to get in there and change your beliefs. How do we do that? We change your beliefs by putting some new things in that will help you see things in the right way. And so that, to me, is the crossroads that people face every single day in their life. Do they have a dream big enough to sacrifice for and to become the person who automatically achieves a dream like that? Or... Are they in the disaster zone where they're just sick and tired of being sick and tired? Either one of those two places are pivotal points in people's lives where they make that decision to go to the next level. And I have to tell you, between the two, it's far more fun to be in a good place and say, I want the dream, than it is to be in the pit and say, I can't live another day like this. Uh, Sarah. Thank you for that question, because uh, as I record the intro to this show in just a minute, I'm going to tell people, if nothing else, go to the last part of this show and listen to that, because that was the money right there, Tom. Um, that was incredibly, I'm going to share that with my family. Those uh, actually all, all four things that you shared, I'm going to uh, type out a little bit more and send to my whole crew on the group text, because that's just uh that's powerful. Thank you, brother. Uh, always a gift and an honor to do these shows with you and to have the chance to inspire people people towards their true performance and in the process, get ourselves inspired. Thank you, Tom. My pleasure. Thanks. Love, the, love our podcast listeners. You guys keep me motivated. I get emails on a regular basis, and I just want you to know we appreciate your feedback and Every time you share the love on Stitcher or, or uh, iTunes, we appreciate that as well. Absolutely. Uh, so thank you, folks, for tuning in. We will talk with you on the next 
Ziggler Show. 